Hello and welcome to Grace Life Ministries. We're a gospel-centered, disciple-making, church-planting ministry focused on helping you discover the reality of Christianity and walk in the fruitfulness of all that Jesus came to give you, the abundant life that's available to you. We trust that this teaching will help you grow in your relationship with God and be a blessing to you. Awesome, anyone get some direction from the Word already? <laughs> a light unto your, your feet and a, a light unto your path. So, um, I think what we, what we miss out on is uh, sorry. <laughs> um, we, we want a light onto our path, but we want this halo to shine over a verse. Or we want this promise of God that speaks to Gideon in an audible voice. And you all got a light this morning that said, uh, you made unto good works. Lay down your life. You want to live for more? Live for God. So all of that is... Uh, is, 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 is you know, we often often miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. That's for someone. We miss the supernatural because we're looking for something spectacular. And I believe also it's because we honor the wrong things. We honor the wrong things, we honor the wrong people. And that's actually part of focus. So if we think of what is our purpose, that's been a, a theme. What is our purpose? What is our mandate? That's, that's the two easy ones. That's settled. That's up to God. Okay. Now the, the question then we train asked this morning is what is your focus? And then ask yourself another question is, is your focus aligned with your purpose and your mandate? Because if your focus is not aligned to what you're made for or why you're here, then you're missing out. And you see the flesh thinks that you're missing out on all the good things in life if you live for God. But the flesh is a liar. The spirit beguiled Eve, deceived Eve, distracted Eve. Eve should have been worshipping the tree of life. She had no business at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the, 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 the enemy found her there. He didn't lead her there. He found her there. Why? Because her focus was wrong. What is your focus? Like, are you worshipping the tree of life or are you just looking not to sin? A lot of church today, like today, not just today, tomorrow probably because it's Sunday. <laughs> they're so focused on not sinning. They're so focused on not sinning and getting into heaven. And you must confess and you must profess and you must do this and you must be accountable. I'm accountable to one and that's God. Amen. I'm submitted to shame, but I'm accountable to God. I'm part of His church. He bought me. He paid for me with a price. So, if I'm continuously trying to live without sin, or repent and confess and do hula hoops around my sin, I'm super self-centered. Therefore, the word says in Hebrews 12, lay aside the sin. Lay aside every weight that so easily besets you, so that we can run this race with patience and endurance. Not looking unto my sin, no, but looking unto Jesus. I just said that we're honoring the wrong things. And in Acts 15, verse 26, Acts 15, 26, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That got me. 
The King James says, men who have hazarded, risked their lives. You see, in Christianity, we want to play it safe. In life, we want to play it safe. But the word says, Abraham, by faith, adventured out. The problem is, in life, we want to play it safe on the one side, but then we want adventure on the other side. So what do we do? Is we take the flesh on an adventure. We go skydiving with a parachute. We jump off a bridge with elastics around our feet. We go to football matches and we shout our lungs out. Why? Because we want to play it safe, but we still want the experience. We want to live. There's only one way to live, and that's to lay down your life at the feet of Jesus. There's only one, one way to live. Like in Stellenbosch, we're actually busy with a series called There's Got to Be More to Life. And we're quoting a, a, a famous song that says there's got to be more to life. More than chasing down every temporary high that has a promise to satisfy me, basically, but never does. There's got to be more than wanting more. Now, what is our purpose? Hello, Jordan. <laughs> it's becoming a habit now. What is our purpose? What is our mandate? What is our focus? Now, I want to add one question. There's what are you geared for? If you go to war in Russia, then they're going to gear you up with some warm clothes, hopefully. They're not going to give you brown and, and, and green ammos. They're going to give you probably white and gray ammos. Because you're geared for the battle. You're geared for your purpose. You're geared in line with where you're going to go. If you're going to go to Vietnam and fight there, you're going to not take the thickest wool jacket that you can because there's a different mission. So we are geared for something. And what are we geared for is what then speaks to our purpose, our mandate, our calling. So where are we complete? Where are we complete? Where are we perfect? Hebrews 11 at the end there says that without them, without us, they would not be made perfect. The Amplified says perfect and complete. So if we have a, a life that we live, and in this life, there's this constant draw that you need more. Anyone experience it? It's called social media. It's called marketing. It's all at the flesh. Okay? You want to be more focused? Switch off Instagram. Ah, oh, Peter, don't go there, man. You want more to focus? Switch off Netflix. Shane said he wished that I would be the warm and fuzzy one this morning, but I guess not. <laughs> you know, Abraham has a promise. Abraham has a promise from God. In Genesis 22, verse 17, he says, You'll have many sons, many children, Abraham, as many as the dust of the earth and as many as the stars in the sky. You choose whether you're going to be one of the dust children of Adam or one of the stars, bright and shining. Whether we're just going to live in this world in the dust as men and women, as humans, or are we going to get born again and churned up and tossed up and lighted up into kingdom realities as the stars of the heaven? Are we going to live according to the Ishmael or the Isaac generation? Are we going to live according to effort or promise? Now the thing with grace is, grace is not there to make you sit. Grace is there to get you running. Grace is there to activate you, to infuse you. Uh, Colossians 1.28 in the Passion Translation said it beautifully. It says, Christ is our message. And we preach to awaken hearts. 
That's a word I got in, 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 in worship. I wasn't sure where it fits in. God says, wake up, people. Wake up. What are you busy with? What are we busy with? Not wake up to your spiritual uh, eternity. No, wake up to what are you busy with? What's your focus? You want more of, out of life? Then lay down your life. You want to be greater in the kingdom? Become servants of all. You see, the world has got it wrong. Prime minister, what does that mean? Well, if you call your dad and you say, Dad, I'm just appointed prime minister, he's probably going to be a little bit, bit proud of you, isn't it? Or ashamed, depends on which party you stand for. <laughs> what is it if we break it down? What is the idea behind leadership? The idea behind leadership is primary or chief servants. Prime minister. He is the most serving one of all. That's why he's not at the top, actually. But we should have an inverted pyramid when we look at leadership. We always think we need to go to the top. No, you need to go to the bottom. The more people you can hold up, the greater leader you are. The more people you can serve and feet you can wash, the, the more influence you'll have. Not as the world. That's what we need to wake up to. We cannot be halfway in and halfway out. You can't be halfway pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. You're either in the kingdom or you're not. You're either translated from the kingdom of darkness or not. How you live, that's another story. You're either in the flesh or you're not in the flesh. So we need to wake up to the fact that we're not in the flesh, or we're not after the flesh, and now we just walk according to the Spirit. As you receive Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. I love that word constraint. Now, I don't know about you, but in life, who's played um, tempon bowling? Okay, who's struggled a bit with tempon bowling? Okay, it's a church, yes, to be honest. Eh? <laughs> so we can set up our lives, our habits, our week, our days, our, our, our things around, you know that you put the sides up. Anyone ever put the sides up? Yes. yes. <laughs> See, Shane is uh, he's, he's, he's honest. We can put some sides up in our lives. to You might not score a strike every time, but you'll score some points for the kingdom. Amen? Come to church. Join a life group. Go on mission. Read your Bible. All of those things seems boring, but at least you're going to get something. Amen? You're going to get some people into the kingdom. You're going to get some things going for you. You're going to change the trajectory and the momentum of your life by doing the small things. And I think that's what God is saying this morning is don't wait for the massive call, the burning bush, the, the wet fleece and the dry fleece. You will hear a voice within you. We don't hear the voice behind us anymore. We hear the voice inside us. And God even challenged me, the Holy Spirit. I was worshiping. I was like, Lord, come in. I want to just feel you. Not really that bad, but I'm just dramatizing a little bit. And he said, what are you doing? I'm inside you. See, we're waiting for a word from God. Like, can I just get the word from God? The... Maybe the speaker is too loud, so I'll stand here. This is the word from God. He said, the voice is inside. The Holy Spirit abides. This is the one. The one on whom the Spirit descends and abides. Where are we complete? Where are we perfect? In Christ. So the moment you feel incomplete, imperfect, it is a mindset issue, Christian. It is not a reality. The world will make you feel naked. Poor? What's it? They're naked and afraid. <laughs> Natasha and I walked through a, a shopping mall this week. It felt like we had zero furniture. 
Because everything in the stores was much nicer than what we have. It felt like all my clothes had holes in them. They don't. It felt like all my shoes is just worthless. They're not. That's how the world is geared to get your focus, to get your heart, to get your attention. Now, I've been ranting about sport, sports and going around a circle to see who's the fastest and saying that that's what kindergartens do all over the world every day. Now we pay millions to watch adults do it. Think about how much money, for a moment, how much money, I want to say that could have gone into missions, but let's not be there. How much money goes into sport? To distract. Take 80,000 people going to the Santiago Bernabeu in Real Madrid Stadium for four hours. Very, very few of them will even think about God. Yeah. And they'll distract millions online. It's tight, but it's right. So how do we guard ourselves? How do we come into line? We decide. We focus. We realize where we are complete and perfect. Colossians 2 verse 8 and 9 speaks about in Him, in Christ, is the fullness of the Godhead now in a body. And then verse 10 beautifully says, and now you are complete in Him. I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult. I live in the same world you do, by the way. Shane lives in the same world. We also visit family and we see, oh, they've got nicer cars and they've got bigger houses and they've got plans and careers. And, and, and we are confronted with those things like you are. But therefore the word says, take up your cross daily. And that's the prayer I had for Chris too, for Haley, for everyone else. It's not a once-off thing. Faith is a lifestyle. Paul, God said to me, he honors you for every decision that you make. And he is changing the trajectory of your life he has, and he's still. And what you think you're going to end up at, so much more. So much greater, so much, so much deeper is the word God is using. Keith and Deborah, God honors you for being here. I know it's not easy. For holding on, for standing, for serving, for not being self-centered. For giving him the glory. And like when Herbert spoke over you, God wants to rekindle dreams in your heart again. Don't just trust for enough because God wants to take you places. Endurance. Patience. Hold on. How do we do it? In light of his mercies. Sean, at the back. I felt God just show me a picture of you leopard crawling. And you would know better than anyone here. Like leopard crawling through... A morass or a, a whatever. It, it, it's just the season that you're in. But there's an end to that season. And there's going to be a raising up and a preaching and a, and a, and a, and a ministry that's going to be coming out at the end of that leopard crawl. You need to keep crawling, sir. Because you need to get to the other side. And God's going to lift you up and raise you up and God's going to use you mightily. Amen. <laughs> If we fall, we crawl. Amen. <laughs> but we don't stop. That's the word here. Don't stop. If you're not there, don't stop. Keep on going. We go through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, the story of Gideon. 
We make it something for a kindergarten. Or we make it a good movie about 300 mighty men. That's not what it's about. So in Judges 7, Gideon's men, we get to the end of the story by verse 16. Judges 7 verse 16. He gives them three things. Only three things. He takes 300, he splits them up, and he gives them three things. He gives them a flame, a torch. He gives them a clay jar, a pitcher, and he gives them a trumpet. Where's the sword? Where's the shield? Where's the arrow? Where's the bow? Where's the spear? Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We don't fight people, we fight for people. Amen? So he says he divided them, 300 men, into three companies, and he put a trumpet into every man's hand. Why? Because we have a message. He gave them empty pitchers. Why? Because we have bodies. That's the clay jar that you carry in the light, the torch, the Holy Spirit, the fire of God on the inside of you. So you have a message. You have a body that you need to take care of because we all want to make it to the end. Amen. Because the longer we live, the word says, as long as I live, it's opportunities for Christ. Take care of your body because you carry the light. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know, but what we know... The truths that we cherish, the truths that we get introduced to, the truths that we're growing and walking in and living in. What do you think the percentage of people around the world is that knows the truths that we do? Shockingly little. What is the percentage of people who call themselves Christians that understand the Bible in the way that we do? Uncle Charlie says this. So what do we need to do about it? Trumpet! Shout from the rooftops, proclaim the message, shout out loud. You know why the enemy fled, why it attacked itself? What happened? The clay jars got out of the way. They let the light shine. They laid down their lives. It's a picture of us. There's a trumpet, there's a message, there's a breaking down of the clay jars. And as the clay jars, the pictures, the word says, they were broken the light shone. Obviously it made a noise that added to it, but now the light shines and they thought there's millions. And the enemy attacked itself. You see, if we step into ministry, we want to make plans like the world, we're going to fail. We cannot step into ministry and make plans like the world. That's one foot in, one foot out. You cannot be half pregnant. You're either living by faith or not. You're either in the adventure or you're not. And your heart knows. Your wife knows. <laughs> If you don't have a wife, your pastor knows. I mean, ask us, we know whether you're in faith or not. When I blow the trumpet, verse 18, and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. And victory was theirs. Everyone realized that Qatar Airways, Etihad Airways, all these guys are sort of a big thing these days. Paul shared with me they're part of the, what they call the One World Alliance. Do you think it's about an airline? It's not about an airline. Do you see Manchester United is up for sale? You see who's the two bidders? A British billionaire and a Qatari banker. Let them play there. And we share the gospel. 
Let them kick a ball around and influence people. We share the gospel. We blow the trumpets. We break the pitches. We shine the light. We preach the message. For it's the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. Amen? We can't wait for a political party to change our landscape. If we do that, we, we fight in the mud with the pigs. We need to be of a different dimension. We need to let the light shine so brightly in us. Amen? So David, anyone remember David? David made a mistake. Who's ever made a mistake? My hand's up. Amen? You know what is beautiful about David? He was beautiful. That's what the word says. <laughs> so everything. Amen? Second Samuel. Second Samuel. And verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 19. 2 Samuel 12, 19. So David just messed up, and guess what? His baby dies. Seven days, and his baby is dead. Now they don't want to tell him because they're afraid. But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, Yes, he's dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. How different. How different. And I felt God speak to us this morning. He says, get up from the floor. Get up from the floor. Get out of the dust. Get into the stars. You are shining lights into this kingdom world. We are called not to live on the dust of the floor, but to live from the stars of heaven. We are not pleading heaven down. We are commanding heavenly realities from where we are seated. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Amen? Don't, don't look like it currently. I know it's almost lunch, but let's get there. Amen? Let's get there on a high. Let's get there. Because it's your flesh that is now taking the, the, the crescendo here. I think, Shane, we must skip prayer, break lunch and just pray. Like, let's practice what we preach. Amen? No amens. Or one. <laughs> you want to pray in tongues? Five minutes is long if you start off. You can ask some of the Bible school students. We practiced it. We pray for five minutes, next week ten minutes, then fifteen, and before you know it, we don't time anymore. Because you get the flesh to sit down. To bring the flesh into submission. Yeah. Sit down. The Spirit is King. Amen? Yeah. So David got up. David made a baby, and then David went to war. Amen? Verse 29. David gathered all the people together, and went to Rabbah, and fought against it, and took it. When did David sin? When he wasn't fulfilling his purpose. In the season when it was time for kings to battle. Now David comes to recognize what he did wrong, and now he says, Lord, I'm sorry. And he gets on with life. Amen? He gets back onto the battlefield, and he goes to Rabbah, and Rabbah means the great east and west. We don't know exactly what it is, but it's a big place. And he goes there and he wins this battle. And he takes the king's crown from his head. He wears the weight whereof was a talent of gold. I think it's 75 pounds. I mean, you need a thick neck. I had a thick neck when I was playing rugby. I can still not wear a, my shirt as fancy as Etienne does because the, bot, the top button won't close. Years later, but I'm trying. Amen? I need to make notes of how the, the, these guys look good. Then I need to, to try to get there. 
He took the king's crown from his head, the weight whereof was a talent of gold with the precious stones, and it was sent on David's head, and he brought forth the spoil of the city in great abundance. And I just, like, in prayer for this, this in this week, for prayer for today, I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me about the crown of jewels. The crown of jewels. And guess what? It's not your crown. It's not your crown. It's the king's crown. The beloved David wears the crown. But we get to put jewels in the crown. You are one of them if you're saved. Shining bright as a star. And now we get to work and pick up more jewels, more people. Put more dust people into starry skies of heaven. More people from the earth to bring glory to God in, in the heavenly places. More people to, to take them and show them their true worth. Where are they are complete and where they are perfect is not in the dust of the earth, but in the crown of the king. Polished, without spot, blemish or wrinkle. The bride is ready. And so is the king. The purpose of grace is not for you to sit on it. The purpose of grace is so that we can realize that sin has been dealt with so we can start living for more than ourselves. You know, the world is worshipping choice. Think about it. You can get any program on television probably not called television anymore if it's Apple TV, Netflix, Showmax, Prime. They're worshipping choice. We get movements called pro-choice. Your body, your choice. Well, you chose already. That's my opinion. I don't know what I'm talking about. Abortion is not a choice. It's a life. People are worshipping. What are we going to eat? Oh, you want steers? I want McDonald's. You want KFC. So sit on my couch. Get three guys to come deliver what I need. Because I can't submit to your preference. I want what? I want. You know, Jesus had a choice. And it wasn't easy. But he stood there in the garden. And he said, Lord, not my choice. Not my will, but your will. We're saying we're living as Christians, but are we living yes, Lord, lives? Are we living according to my will or for the King and His kingdom? You see, this is, it, it sounds heavy, but it is an invitation to life. Because even Jesus said, if you lay down your life, you will find it. But if you try and keep it, you're going to lose it. We live in a billionaire town. I can take you to the homes of some of them and I can show you how they're not having life. How they're not having good marriages. How they're not driving the Ferraris but because it's uncomfortable. True story. It's there. I serve as men pleases. But we live for the king. He knows what's on the inside. It's not about the clay jar. It's about the flame on the inside.
It's about living, yes, Lord, life, not my will, but your will. Yes, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak, therefore we need to bring it into submission. What is your focus? What have you been geared up? Zechariah 9.16 says, And the Lord their God shall save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they shall be as the stones of a crown, lifted up as an ensign upon his land. The Amplified says, For they are like the precious jewels of a crown. Where are you complete and perfect? The good news is there is a place. The world is going to tell you the contrary. The world is going to tell you you need this, you need to do that, you need this Botox, that filler, this phone, this that, this house, this car. It's called consumerism. It's called distraction. They want your money. We need clothes. I'm so glad no one showed up here naked. Honestly. But you don't need a new wardrobe every week. Christ is the full revelation of who we are. Yes, Christ is, like what, love what Shane said in the beginning, I preached it a few weeks ago, that you cannot understand God except through the eyes of Jesus. You cannot interpret the Old Testament without the New. But now, do we see just that, or do we see our potential? If we look to Jesus, we see our potential. Because as He is, so are we in this world. And you know, what is that? So 1 John 4, and I'll end with this. 1 John 4 from verse 15 says, Whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. You're never alone. That might sound creepy for some of you. (laughs) You're never alone. Your Father loves you. He's with you. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith the love which God has for us. God is love. Shane said it in the beginning. God is good. God is love. We have to come to that conclusion. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides continually in Him. In this union and fellowship with Him. I'm reading the Amplified, says, verse 17, In this union and fellowship with Him, love is completed and perfected with us. You are complete and you are perfect in God who is love. You are complete and perfect in love. How many people do not know that and look for love in all the wrong places and mess up their lives big time? You are complete. You are perfect. In Him who is love. Amen? In His union, this union, this fellowship that we have, love is complete and perfected with us. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face Him. Because as He is, so are we in this world. How is He? He is love. He is perfect love. So how are you in this world? Perfect love. You see, it's not a heavy. Just love on people. Not with your love. That is impossible. But with His love. I spoke at a a foster parents like information training session the other night. And I was asked a very good question. A question you guys won't ask me. 
This person was in another church. And he says, how do you as a pastor keep yourself from standing up every Sunday and just telling people about the need for foster homes and why they should do it? And I said, well, that's a very good question. You know what that is? That's thinking time. <laughs> you're speaking, but you're having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. He says, Holy Spirit, help me. This is a good question. It's a good question. And I had such a Holy Spirit answer. It was just, I said, as a pastor, I've realized that we cannot burn people out. That we cannot be moved by the need, that we be moved by compassion. So if I stand up and I make sure my people know that they are loved and they are full of love and God's love is for them, then there's going to be capacity for them to take in children and to be safe homes. Because 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is a safe place of shelter in the Passion Translation. So if we want more foster homes, we need to preach more love. We do not guilt people into what they should do because there's a big need. Or because of what Christ has done. No, love constrains us. Love is a safe place of shelter. As He is, He is love, so are we. I am love. So have you awakened to the fact that you are love? Not just loved. That too, that's the first step. But love. You are walking around as the love of God. And I think Shane shared it in the beginning as well. Like You are carrying this love. We are carrying this light. Whatever you want to call it, you're carrying this power, this message. The gospel is a message of love. For God so loved the world. Herbert, for God so loved the world. You taught us so beautifully the other day. So loved. There's like that he did something. Love moves. Love, compassion is what moved Jesus. Love is why God sent Jesus. Love is why grace exists. Love is why we have the Holy Spirit. For 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says, it's the love of God. It's the grace of our Lord Jesus. And it's the intimate fellowship and friendship of the Holy Spirit that is with us all these days. You need love. You need grace. And oh, how do we need the Spirit to live this life? There's got to be more to life. Unless you found what you've been looking for. The one who is love. And now we live not for that, but from that. The last thing is that when we're in fear, when we're anxious, when we're depressed, it is only because we believe a lie. Because what we believe is that we are still fighting against some things. And, you know, the word truth in the Bible is an interesting word. It speaks, actually, we understand truth, that truth and lies. We put it together. But then we have right and wrong. Where truth is not just right, it is life. It is life-giving. When we, we study the word in Greek of truth, Jesus said you'll, the Holy Spirit will come and He will lead you and guide you into all truth. means He will lead and guide you into the reality of Christianity. He will show you what is really going on. That's the tr- that's truth. So, if we have the belt of truth, according to Ephesians 6, I just had the Holy Spirit challenge that picture for me a bit. 
And he showed me this massive heavyweight boxer belt. Champion of the world. And he says, the reality is that you are the champion of the world. That is your truth. That is your reality. That is what girds you. Because he that overcomes the world is who? The one who believes. You have overcome the world. You're the world champion in faith. And now I don't live for that belt. I live with that belt. Because I'm more than a conqueror. Because Jesus paid the price. And He gave me now that reality that I don't need to submit to this world, but I live above it. I don't need to bleed down heaven, but I live from it. I don't need to settle in the dust with the rest of the people, but I can actually call them from darkness to light. What did Jesus do to heal the blind? He spat into the dust. His life into the dust. And he applied the clay to the eyes. And what did happen? They saw. We need to take the message with the Spirit in this body which is dust and mix it up, stir it up, trumpet it out. Get out of the way so the light can shine and the blind will see, the sleep will awake, the dead will rise. The king will reign. Amen? Amen. What is your reality? Where are you complete? Where are you perfect? Where are you an overcomer? Not in this world. Because there's so much more to live for. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Lord, that you help us to understand the truths that we've received this morning. Thank you that we can only love because you first loved us. Father, thank you that you know... That life is not always easy, but therefore you've empowered us with your power, with your spirit, that you loved us with an unconditional, unending, everlasting love. That perfect love casts out all fear. If you're struggling with fear or anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, insomnia, just where you are, just open your hands and just like as a token of just receiving perfect love. And then perfect love wants to do something. Perfect love wants to drive out all fear. Perfect love wants to to take it out the door. Amen? You don't need to drive it out. It's love's job to do it. You need to receive the love of God right now. And I want you to see yourself with that world overcoming reality. That no matter what happens in this world, you don't need to, to, to be even impacted by it. Like Paul, he's stoned, left for dead, he gets up, he can, continues the kingdom. They want to throw Jesus off a cliff, he just disappears and preaches in the next town. As Christians, we don't need to get to lick our wounds for as long as we want to. Mm-hmm.